of course, it's uh, 10 days since the budget and we've been dissecting it, we've been analysing it, we've been talking about it ever since, uh, not just on our podcast, but amongst ourselves behind the scenes. But one person we haven't talked to about it yet is Mark Hart, who is Professor of Small Business and Entrepreneurship in Aston Business School. Mark, amongst uh, a long, long list of other things that you do. Uh, and you're also one of our advisors here on Back in Business. Now, Declan Curry, our business editor, is with me, and Simon McVicker, our director of public affairs policy and communications. So let's talk budget, small business. <laughs> where, do you, where do you want to start? Let's go for it. Um, I'm not sure where folk want to start on this. There's well, a, the, there was a lot in it, but look, you guys lead and I'll just chip in. Well, what's Simon. your overview about uh, how small businesses did in this budget? If you could give us a brief overview of that. Well, I think the, the first thing to say was that, that you know, there's clear the FSB chamber you know, are pretty, pretty content with lots of elements of it. I mean, things like, you know, the pandemic is still with us, with us for a while yet in 21. And I think at last we've got some sort of um, clarity about what's going to happen regarding VAT, business rates, et cetera, et cetera, rolled out through the autumn time at least. Now, I think that's been a long time coming. It should have been announced last year. People should have said, look, this is going to be in place to the end of 21 period. That's what I would have done. The furlough scheme, for example, in France and Germany is rolled out to sort of mid-22 so it gives certainty because we've had a lot of cliff edges here. Businesses didn't know what on earth was going on. So I welcome that. Um, people are getting agitated about corporation tax, but you know I, I wouldn't necessarily because I think the very smallest firms will be okay in that respect. Um, it's really just the larger firms are going to really have to worry about whether they're going to have to hide their profits somewhere um, much more intelligently than they've ever done before, if I could say, say that tongue-in-cheek. Um, what's really interesting, though, <clears throat> is the uh, super deduction. I think one of the biggest problems coming into the pandemic, so let's just leave COVID off the agenda for the moment, was the absolute collapse in investment amongst the private sector and particularly small businesses. Um, following about near just under 4% in 2019, if I remember correctly. So anything to help boost investment. Now I know, and I've said this before in the podcast that, you know, I'm old enough to remember every recession since the mid 1970s. Um, I remember having crisis uh, tutorials when I was an economics student about, you know, 800,000 unemployed in the UK was a travesty. And, 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 you know, what are we going to do about this? The world is coming to an end. You know, well, we've got to live with that somewhat. But I, I think the key point is that those businesses that come well out of recession, slowdowns, um, are those that invest, those that are really putting uh, effort into whether it's people or whether it's, it's kit. I think that's really important. So any boost to that at all is really vitally important. And given, I mean, that super deduction is cash in hand for a lot of businesses. So I think, you know, for me, that's been the most exciting thing. Will it, is there enough confidence in the private sector for that to be, you know, um, giving a boost? We'll see, we'll see, but it certainly is an attractive feature. Um, Mark, when he said it, it made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. And then I thought it through and I thought, uh, this is going to be great for a short space of time. Two but will years, it not yeah. will it not pull forward 
the investment that then stops because of the rise in the corporation tax? Well, the way, well, if if it's going to be the smaller businesses, the rise in the corporation tax is not going to be a big, big as big a hit. Uh, it won't go straight up to twenty five percent, obviously. Um, but I do feel that anything to boost investment. I mean, we saw the trade figures this morning. The economy shrank by two point nine percent. Exports shrank by forty one percent. I mean, you know, we can we can debate the politics of all of this in terms of teething problems. It's a one-off month. You know, I've, I've seen the spin already, but the point is that something dramatic has changed. My, my colleague has done analysis on trade data in 2020, and it's very clear to me that, you know, even in 2020 and even in 2019, UK exports to the rest of the world have increased very marginally and they've collapsed to the EU. So, that, so yes, January is an odd month. I don't you know, that to me is important. Therefore, if we're going to say that, um, you know, businesses are in supply chains are going to have difficulty importing materials, we're going to have to have a lot of investment there to actually make up for that. So I welcome the two-year window, uh, Liz, because, yes, there's that's another cliff edge coming. That's like all these policies, they always have a cliff edge, but we need investment now. And I don't disagree with that. But also, I'm worried about what that investment is in. I don't think we've got the details of this until the 23rd of March. If it's only plant and machinery, no. then, okay, good, good. Tell me it's digital, it's people, it's kit, it's it's innovation, it's the kind of well, stuff that well, our I businesses have been telling Mark, I, I, you know, as the week went on from the Chancellor's budget um, and you're reading the commentators, and what mm. I, I'm picking up generally, especially from 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 the centre right commentators, that actually they're thinking in the long run this is not a good budget for growth, and that you know after the boom next year we're really going to go back to rather stagnant GDP figures, and uh, of I course, mean, yeah, geez, uh, uh, his budget somehow lacked the ambition um, and been overcautious and maybe stifles off the growth in 2023. So, uh, you know, it's interesting that it's coming from the right, particularly this criticism. What's your view on that? I think it's all wrapped up in the corporation tax going back to 25%. That's driven a lot of the critique. Look, what I'm saying it's is- It's also that, to do with the personal alliances, Mark. Well, yes, I know. But I think, that, look, let's be clear about this. I see this as a, a very short-term budget. You're right. I do believe that there are conditions out there, the trade figures, as I've said, and the, the, the shift. I mean, look, we, we have had 10 years of very little growth. I mean, you know, when I, when I was looking at the, the Trump glorious, you know, 50s to the, the end of, of the early 70s, it was 3%, 4%. I mean, these were substantive figures year on year. We haven't had that for a decade. It's 10 lost years like Japan did. We're going to have another 10 lost years to make it 20. There's absolutely no dispute with that at all, Simon. I totally agree. All I'm saying is when I look at the budget, what's in it for small businesses? There's something there for small businesses. And, I, and, I, and that's my point I'm making. Will that add up to a stimulus for growth? Absolutely not. The levelling up agenda is something which I've been uh, talking about in other forums this week. It's an absolute disaster. This is not a strategy for, for levelling up. There's mm. nothing there about innovation. There's nothing about equity capital getting outside the M25. There's nothing there about you know understanding what's driving productivity. And there's nothing there about the whole business dynamism thing. 
you know, business dynamism for me is more than just startups. And that's where Car- Starmer got it really wrong. Oh, let's have another 100,000 startups. It's the last oh, yes. bloody thing we need is another 100,000 startups. Yeah. So they don't even actually yes. understand how a dynamic economy works. Yeah. So you're right, it's Simon. It's even greater than that. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, yeah. we, we, we had a record figure last year of 772,000 startups, and it's an absolute nonsense figure. Um, I spoke to five young people today who set up their businesses in 2018, all of whom registered to be limited companies last year. Funnily enough, they startups know they've been trading for three, four or five years. So, we, we, you know, this is nonsense. But we need a joined up agenda with innovation. We've got, the, we've got Innovate UK putting money into leading firms in key sectors in London and the southeast. I, we, we in the research centre, we talk about the arc of innovation from Cambridge, Oxford, down the M4, Thames Valley sort of stuff. We're not, you know, that's going to continue unless we have a complete rethink. You've got the, the equity capital. Apart from Edinburgh and Manchester, most of all the deals are being done in London, the boroughs of London. Um, when we look at the, even angel investors, yes, there's some movement. Yes, things have changed, but not sufficiently enough. The productivity agenda is, is, is an absolute mess. Um, and, and, the, and the key thing is it, it's a lot of small businesses who are at the lower end of the productivity distribution that need the boost, but they're not the ones that attract the attention of somewhere like Innovate UK. So the levelling up agenda is in a mess. Town funds, free ports, gee, give, give my headpiece, you know. These, these, these are just band-aid patches which will come off at the first shower, you know. Mm. And this goes back to Liz's point about the importance of helping small businesses invest in digital, invest yes, in no. skills. Now, did, did I hear you correctly? You're saying the super deduction will help with that. It will, it will, it must. But I think the, the important way is it'll be thresholds at work, uh, Declan, and it's about you know what's eligible and what's not. So again, famous cliche, devil in the detail here. But in principle, when I heard it, I thought, wow, that's cash in hand. But like R&D tax credits. You know, I've been educating a lot of businesses to describe R&D in a particular way that gets them through HMRC routes. And suddenly they've got 25K a cash back, you know, which they can, you know, continue to invest. And, you know, um, we've got lots of examples of, of, of that's a brilliant scheme that's working. Um, I must co- talk about help to grow, though, because that was the big 520 million announcement. Now, there's two aspects of it. There's the help to grow management and help to grow digital. Um, and that digital is, you know, really going to be designed to really upgrade the digital new technology adoption by the small business sector. Absolutely great. And there'll be, you know, hundreds of thousands of firms be eligible for that. The one I've been helping design with, with the Treasury and the base team is to help to grow management. And that will be putting 30,000 businesses through it by 2024. Uh, 8, 10, and 12,000 of the step up. We launch in June, hard lunch. Um, and, you know, that will be modeled on the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Business Program, the Small Business Leadership Program, which ran from August to this month. Basically, leadership management education led by uh, accredited business schools, the Small Business Charter Business Schools good at this sort of stuff with SME engagement. So for the first time, we've got, and I've been arguing for this since I designed the Small Business Charter with Lord Young back in 2013. What we're doing here is saying, look, I don't want Grant Thornton to get more money. I don't want the private sector to to be teaching businesses about leadership management because I can do it better. And I speak for every dean and every faculty member of business schools across the country. So we're actually bringing to the table 
the public sector investments that have been done already rather than lining the coffers of Grant Thornton's of the world. And Grant Thornton will hate me for saying that, but I don't care because they had their chance. They had nearly 400 million quid and they didn't do diddly squat. We could probably live with their hit. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I do wonder though, are we going to hear from small business owners who will say, this is all very well, there aren't enough hours in the day. I haven't got the time to step away from my business to go back to business school, no matter who's funding it. Well, funny you should say that, Declan. It's as if we've actually set all these questions up, please. It's unbelievable. <laughs> um, it's not true, listeners, by the way. Um, the key point... Funnily enough, uh, the Chancellor actually got the URL right for the website when he announced it in, in the House and everybody was panicking in case, in case he didn't. Um, but he did, and within 24 hours, with over 4,000 expressions of interest from the small business community, or you know, and that's increased by uh, by the day. So that was by the 4th of, of March, and I'm inundated with calls from small businesses. Yes, it's also, and the key point, of course, it's for five employees plus. To the one, two, three person uh, outfits won't be eligible for this. Why? Because it is a leadership management program. And therefore, there's elements of that if you're a, a, you know, a single person business, then it's not going to work. Um, so I'm, I, I think that will actually, not just that program itself, um, but also in terms of the message it's giving to other small businesses. Because universities have a huge number of programs over and above uh, that particular program. So that's important. I also have to say the excluded remain the unwashed of the enterprise mm. economy in the UK. I'm sorely disappointed that nothing has been done because all the, to, to, to simply pretend that the, the newly self-employed, that was just a massive, that was just a passage of time. There was no way with an SEISS announced this year that the newly self-employed would be excluded. He hasn't brought them in because yeah. they've filed their tax returns at the end of February yes. and they're automatically included. So, you know, there's, if, if they meet the, the criteria. So I'm sorely disappointed that that has been ignored. And it does look as if the IR35 reforms are coming in and, oh. um, you know, they haven't really conceded anything to the, to the, the, um, the one-person limited company. And they obviously oh. have a very big vendetta against that community. Um, I, which, I wrote to him with FSB and to, yeah. with IPSA, another colleague in Manchester, Julia Rice, and we wrote a letter before Christmas yeah. setting out the... And Rachel Silly Harris has been doing a huge amount of work in all of this. And uh, we wrote and said, look, here's the proposal. We got a nice letter back two months later to say, thanks for this, we're looking at it. That was two weeks before budget. Yeah. I just don't get it, Simon, why no. they just have this disregard. I just, I just don't understand. And I've actually said that to the Treasury team. I said, look, yeah. what is it? Yeah. You know, as, as, as someone had a bad experience that, you know, or, you know, they've actually the scammed their DNA. grandmother or something. I have no idea. It's something in the Treasury's DNA. They just do not like people operating that uh, form of business. Uh, so, I mean, I think that, that that excluded community are going to be very badly hit in the next couple of months. And uh, yes. it's going to cause a lot more pain. And uh, there was people on the radio this morning talking about the loan charge and that there, there being, you know, demands for huge sums of money are still coming through, despite all the political noise around that. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I think that, you know, so whilst I'm saying that there's lots of great stuff in that for small business, I believe in the short term, as we've discussed, I do feel that the Treasury still has a lot to understand about how the economy works, because all these freelancers and individuals, they are the interstices of, of, of which, and the glue which plug everything together. I don't know any small business that doesn't use freelancers and contractors. Exactly. You know, I just, I, yeah, I, and, and, you know, the fact that they're now being just sitting on their hands, doing nothing, surviving, you know, as best they can, God knows how in many cases. Um, it's just, it's, it's just really depressing. And actually, you know, yes. even, even, even this new scheme helped to grow. Sorry, I'll just very quickly, yeah. um, you know, there was an argument early on about it being um, just for larger small firms. And I said, no, 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 no. We've got to get them, some of the a large proportion of those micro businesses involved, absolutely crucial mm -hmm. for the economy. And, and Treasury accepted that and fair play to them. Do you have any uh, clue what's going to be in this uh, announcement on the 23rd of March when the Chancellor is going to be talking about some sort of review of tax for businesses? I don't. Um, no. there's, there's a limit to my conversations yeah. with the Treasury. I don't agree, Mark. He phoned, you get the phone yes. calls from the Chancellor yeah. in the middle of football <laughs> matches. Come on, you've got the uh, ear. Yeah. <laughs> we um, were hoping for you to give us that. <laughs> well, I, couldn't, I, mean, I couldn't possibly say any more apart from the fact of yeah. when he called me. Yes, um, uh, I mean, it's certainly going to be, Mark, something that you uh, you would um, be playing a, a big role in any review of taxation for small businesses, wouldn't yes, it? Yes, th yeah. I'm not a tax expert, Simon, but certainly in terms of the importance of getting a regulatory regime, which is yes. uh, going to encourage growth, absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's what our research centre uh, is, is all about, um, absolutely. But I think the, the, the key thing for, for me is I think the levelling up agenda is a great benefit for uh, small businesses across the country if we get it right. And as I said earlier, it's just not being done properly at all. It's port barrel politics at the moment. Yeah, and it's, it's it really is quite shocking, and it's it's superficial. I mean, a yeah. free port. I mean, you know, we know from the previous example, well, they're, they're enterprise zones effectively. We know from the 1982 experiment that they're failed. You know, I did yeah. a lot of work on the Belfast one, Liz, and, you know, it just didn't work. And here we are again, as if this is the great panacea for our, our red wall constituencies. No, they're not. It'll, yeah. It's just fiddling about, you know, it's just moving, shuffling decks. Yeah. Not well, quite on the Titanic, perhaps, but, you know, you never know. Uh, well, I was just going to say, I hope we're not fiddling while Rome burns, <laughs> because it seems look, to me there's you know, a long way to the, go the, before we the get Chancellor's out of this got a, Chancellor's got a lot of hard thinking to do. We are really going, as I say, a decade of slow growth. We've got the implications of Brexit, the UK playing silly buggers with the EU about de delaying um, all the import controls. I mean, this is going to f come back to bite them in the backside. We've got the ongoing problem with the Northern Ireland Protocol, which is a disgrace. Um, so, you know, we've got huge, huge issues, never mind ex exiting, hopefully, from the, the public health emergency by the end of this year. I'm struggling to see a lot of sunlit uplands here. I am. I, I haven't seen any since the turn of the year. I just I get more depressed every time I look at the data. Um, and it's the data which matters. Our colleague, my colleague, um, is looking at HMRC trade data. So she's got, this is not counting lorries, which obviously Michael Gove doesn't like. 
Well, the lorries can be uh, empty, can't they? Absolutely. But um, we're now not, the Road Haulage Association, you know, dare help them for good. They've got more idea than, than the whole cabinet put together. But I think the issue is that when you look at the trade data going through HMRC books, that's when it all comes out to play. And we've seen the first hints of that today. And, you know, that is going to take a big hit. As I say, there's opportunities for, uh, for businesses in the UK to step up and replace some of the imports, but that's going to take massive investment, which might help, as I said, the, the super deduction in the, in the short term, but it's going to take a lot of years for that to really, for, for, for those supply chains to be trusted by the OEMs, that's the point as well. You know, it's all very well saying, oh, well, we, we've got businesses here can do that, but are they trusted? What, what mark do you think that, I mean, what is the EU economy looking like in comparison to the British economy? I mean, is it going to be a place where it's worth doing business in the next couple of years? Well, I mean, sitting as I am in France at the moment, it's not exactly yes. a happy place, is it? No. Um, all, all of the European economies are taking a downturn. So their their demand for, for UK imports, if you look at it in that respect, is going to be reduced. Um, their own domestic producers are, are, are struggling. Um, so, you know, you know, at the end of the day, the, the, the big global regions, you know, China's been through coming out, will still be a global region, big global mm. player for, 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 the, for the global economy. There's absolutely mm. no question about that. Um, but America, but, America's got this big stimulus. Well, you know, I've, yeah, um, $1,400 in everyone's, every adult's yeah. pocket yeah. is, um, well, if, if they all buy Scotch whiskey, um, <laughs> then, 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 then Scottish independence is home well, and dry, yeah. if you pardon me. <laughs> well, that's, well, dry, dry in a, a non-alcoholic sense, of course. Yes, yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, yeah. I think uh, it's lunchtime. <laughs> Not that I'm suggesting I'm off. What are you planning to have for your lunch? <laughs> Uh, but uh, Mark, thank you very, very much indeed uh, for joining us. It's been a pleasure, as always, to talk to you. That's pleasure uh, to be here, Mark Hart, Professor Mark Hart, Professor of Small Business and Entrepreneurship, Aston Business School. Thank you very much for joining us. Mm -hmm.